football weekend and full NFL slate is upon us. So it is a great, great time to be alive. You know why it's also a great time to be alive? 20 minutes from now, Hickey's Pickies comes to your radio, comes to your airwaves. Week number one, I will say, selfishly, was a success. Three and two, week one. Don't let me get hot, folks. After all, it was an atrocious year number one last year for Hickey's Pickies right here on CBS Sports Radio. We are back, baby. After a solid week number one, we're going for a four-in-one week here in week number two. If you'd like to participate and be a Hickey's Pickies week two contestant, 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. We'll take the first caller for next segment, 420 uh, a.m. Pacific. Oh, a.m. Pacific. What an idiot. 420 a.m. Eastern, which is 20 minutes or so from now. But all right. We always talk about week one in the NFL, right? Is the king time for overreacting, and we always do get carried away. The biggest jump in improvement is always from week number one to week number two uh, in the NFL. So with that in mind, I want to play a little game. Play a little game with you of fluke or for real. Do what we see in week number one, with whether it's certain teams or certain players, is that fluky? Was that just a one-week wonder? Or is that a sign of things to come, either positive or negative? Alex, cue the music, and let's get rolling in a little week number two, fluke or for real. All right, Alex, you have the questions, the the teams, the players here. What are we starting with? All right, we're starting with the 1-0 Rams. They're Is their real. offense... Oh, I apologize. I jumped the guy. I'm oh. sorry. I am so excited. I picked the Rams <laughs> to be a playoff you were, like, team. clapping your hands. A lot of people said the Rams are going to sink this year. I am on an island in, in picking... You are one of them? Yeah. So I'm, I'm talking to, a, as Dion would say, a non-believer. <laughs> so I apologize. I'm very excited that as a rare believer in the Rams... They're off to a good start. So I, I, I did not have any jump on your question, Alex. So I think that answers the question. Fluke or for real? <laughs> Hard to see where I'm going here. I am saying for real. They put up a 30 spot in Seattle last week. Matthew Stafford looked really good over 350 yards passing. Here, though, is why it's for real. It's not because Puka Nakua is now the next Tyreek Hill and Tutu Atwell is now the next, well, actually Tutu Atwell is more of the Tyreek Hill build and Puka Nakua will say is Cooper Cup. It's not because those two are the next great wide receiver duo in the NFL. It's because Sean McVay's a mad scientist. Sean McVay reminded everyone in the NFL last week of why he's one of the best offensive minds in the league. You watch that game last week? The Rams won and Nakua and Atwell both had 119 yards each receiving because they were schemed open. McVay did a tremendous job of calling plays and designing plays for them to be put in a position to succeed. That is what a great coach does. Takes talent, puts them in a position where they can actually maximize their abilities. McVay has shown that year after uh, year, after year he is able to draw up tremendous game plans, call great plays, and have his offenses run. So I don't think from what we saw, just because Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell, because they were never big contributors before, that it's just a fluke and they're going to flame out after week number one, they were put in positions to succeed, and that's why whether it's them, whether it's someone else, 
Cooper Cup's on the mend and returning soon. Uh, soon this week, number one, Alex. No fluke. They're for real. All right. Um, now we're moving on to New York Jets. Big win against the Bills, who I always say is the best team in New York. <laughs> but their week one win, fluke or for real? Fluke. It was a tremendous win. An emotional win. But that game to me was more about the Bills choking it than the Jets winning it. You look at that game, what the Jets needed to go right in order for them to win. They needed Josh Allen to commit four turnovers. Most, well, two of them at least coming in his own end. The fourth one, a fumble, just atrocious that gave the Jets a gift. You needed Garrett Wilson to make one of the most insane catches of the season. I know it's early, but one of the most insane catches we will probably see this season in the end zone where he deflected it to himself like three times, catch the ball. It was such a bad pass from Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson stunk. Zach Wilson looked like uh, he didn't want to be there. He was scared. He was running for his life. He had no confidence whatsoever in the pocket. That is not going anywhere. Jets are not beating the Cowboys. They got still the Eagles coming to town soon. The Chiefs coming to town. They go to Denver. The Patriots coming to town. This is not going to be an offense that's going to put up a lot of points. And their defense for how great it is, not good enough to win them most games. So, yes, they beat the Bills week number one. Great win for them. Does not change the fact that for me, now without Aaron Rodgers, they are nowhere near a playoff team. That week number one win, Alex, fluke. All right, fair enough. Now we go to probably one of the biggest upsets of the week. The Lions being the Chiefs Thursday night. Week one win, was that a fluke or is that for real? I'm saying for real. I don't care that Travis Kelsey was not playing. I don't care that Chris Jones was not in the lineup either. You know what good teams do, Alex? They win ugly games. The Lions didn't play their best game. Neither did the Chiefs. We've seen the Chiefs win plenty of games where Patrick Holmes is not thrown for 400 yards and four touchdowns. We've seen him win plenty of games where he does not have his A game. That's really one thing what separates winners and losers in the NFL is not can you win when you have your best stuff, right? Most teams can, but it's when you have your B minus game, C plus, hell, maybe even D plus, can you still win that game? True winners win games like that. The Lions and I have their best stuff. They still won and they made the winning plays in the end to get a win in a hostile environment. They, to me, are for real. I would have to agree. Now, move on to another AFC East team, but we're going to go to the quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, over 400 yards passing. So is his great start to the season a fluke or for real? I'm going for real. Not that he's going to be throwing for 466 yards each game. That's unsustainable. But what is sustainable is I think Tua could be a top-seven quarterback this year. If he's healthy, which was the biggest question uh, uh, for Tua right this year, is can he hopefully stay concussion-free? But that's really so far the biggest question. Like No one's really saying, oh, if Tua can play well or if Tua can put two good games together. I think we've seen last year Tua can play at a really high level and beat almost anyone. The question is going to be for him, can he just be on the field consistently? So if he is, I don't see why what we saw on Sunday against the Chargers can't replicate itself more times than not. I mean, Tyreek Hill is arguably maybe the most unguardable play right now in the NFL. You can put two, three guys on him. He's so fast, so shifty that I don't see who's going to cover him. So that's going to be a guy that you know is going to be mostly open. Jalen Waddle's another tremendous weapon as well. Like they got a lot of, you know, you had even River Craycraft and Braxton Berrios making some big time catches for Miami last week. They are 
spread out in terms of weapons for two to throw the ball to, as long as he is healthy. I think what we saw last week, again, not the yardage total of 466, but overall play of him making some clutch throws and big-time plays when, when needed, that is absolutely Alex for real. All right, now another quarterback, but Bryce Young. Didn't have a great start week one in a loss. So is he the worst rookie quarterback this season, fluke or for real? I'm going to go fluke. I think he will be, in the end, the best rookie quarterback at the end of the season. Look, like I said, week number one was not great. He had the fewest completions, fewest yards, and had the most interceptions of the three rookie quarterbacks taken in the first round, making their week one debuts. Not great. But when you look at overall what's going to lead to success or not, I think a large part of year one success or failure is what's around you. I think in terms of the situations in Carolina, Houston, and Indianapolis— I think C.J. Stroud's actually the quarterback that's going to have the worst rookie year because he's in the worst situation. Look at already. He's already in the injury report and right now is questionable for week two against the Colts because of a shoulder injury. Why did he get hurt? Because he's playing behind arguably maybe the worst offensive line in the league. They have Larry Tonson's really good left tackle, but right now everywhere else, the other four positions, they are injury depleted. Second, third string centers, guards, right tackles, they are just so hurt right now on top of not having bona fide explosive weapons at these skill positions. I think CJ Stroud's in the worst spot um, right now in Houston. That's why for me, for Bryce Young, even though it was the worst debut of the three rookie quarterbacks in terms of him being the worst rookie quarterback at the end of the year, I'll go fluke. All right. Now, this is an interesting one because... The Ravens offense, even though they won, mm-hmm. it did not it did look clunky and I would have to say Lamar, he was on my fantasy team and probably lost me a week. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Wasn't great. But they had no Mark Andrews, so would Good you point. say this clunky offense is a fluke or for real? I'm gonna say for real. Like we're talking about a game we just kind of banged on the Texans. The Texans offense last week outgained the Ravens offense. Now by three yards, but still. Not what you want um, in your day, you know, in your uh, season opener. But the reason why I'm saying for real with the clunkiness of the Ravens offense is because look what they're trying to accomplish on paper, right? They are trying to take a one of the best, if not the best, dual threat quarterback in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, make him more of a passer, turn this offense, what was a RPO run heavy offense, into more of a pass heavy offense, and do so with question marks in the sense of. Odo Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman. Odo Beckham Jr. Right, has had health issues and also hasn't had a really productive um, season since 2019. So it's been now a few years since he's been a legit contributor. Rashad Bateman's never been able to stay healthy in his short career in the NFL. Zay Flowers, now look, Zay Flowers had a really good week number one debut. But the fact he's also a rookie wide receiver. If he's going to be your number one target, that's the thing it's a lot to ask for from a rookie wide receiver right now in what is going to be a pass-heavy offense. Mark Andrews definitely returning will help um, make this offense better, but I think you're just asking right now too much of this offense or trying to change too much where the personnel is not where you need it to be. So it was pretty ugly uh, for the most part in week number one against um, against the Texans. I don't think it's going to change for most of the year. I still think it's going to be pretty ugly work-in-progress offense uh, this season. So I will go in terms of if – that clunky offense is here to stay. Alex, I'll go, yeah, it is, for real. I agree. And also, no more Jake and Dobbins throughout the year. Good point. And uh, 
I'm already benching Lamar on my team. I'm, I'm, wow. pu- I'm putting in Brock Purdy. I'm putting in Brock Purdy. Wow. Yeah. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, taking the spot for the former MVP. Alex, you're like Nick Saban, not messing around. <laughs> yeah. One week, boom, Short you're on the leash. bench. All right. One person who did imp- uh, impress in their season debut, Calvin Ridley, in his first game as a Jaguar, his great return with Dr- Trevor Lawrence under center, fluke or for real? Oh, it's for real. As a Colts fan, I watch that firsthand. He, he looked good. Think about it. He did not play the second half of 2021 when he, when he was away from the Falcons because of mental health. Then he was suspended for the entire 2022 season for gambling. He has not been on the field for a year and a half. I would have thought it would have taken him a few weeks to get going. He would have been rusty. He, from the first drive, looked sharp, ready to play, had a year, um, I should say, almost 100 yards on the first half. Now, was, the Colts, I think, did a better job defensively in the second half. But in your first game in a year and a half, eight catches, 101 yards, one touchdown, they already look to be on the same page, him and Trevor Lawrence. I think a big year has come for Calvin Ridley. I'll go for real. I agree. Now, Packers offense, with Jordan Love for the first time starting, they looked really good. Is their offense fluke or for real? I'm going to go fluke. It was a great, we'll say, first debut. I know he's started games before, but now as a full-time starter for the first time, um, really having that first opportunity for Jordan Love, it was a great debut. 38 points, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, You can't ask for anything better. But you really watched that game last Sunday. He was okay. Didn't do many crazy things. I just think it's a lot to expect, and I don't think it's realistic to expect, that out uh, offensive outburst happening from Jordan Love and the Packers each and every week. I know he's not a rookie. I get it. I am, though, viewing Jordan Love's season as a rookie year in the sense that I'm expecting ups like we saw on Sunday. I'm expecting some downs and some have it for him having some bad games. I don't think the Packers are going to make the playoffs. But if you're Green Bay, if you just feel confident going to 2024 that Jordan Love can be a guy to get you to the playoffs, that to me would be a win. So even though, again, he's not a rookie, he's been in the league now a few years, this is his first year as a full-time starter, I'm going to treat him like a rookie. And so even though it was a great, great first start, again, 38 points, three touchdowns, no turnovers. I don't think that's going to be the norm now going forward for Green Bay. I'll go fluke. All right. Last but not least, the Seahawks. They started off their season 0-1. Oof. They had a lethargic offense. Is their offense going to be fluky or will come back the last season and be more for real from last season? When Compared to last season, I'm going to say this season is going to be fluky in the sense that I am not a believer in Geno Smith. Geno Smith has played a lot of games in the NFL most have been bad. Last year was a renaissance. This year, I was not a believer in Seattle and a believer in Geno Smith. We saw why, I think, last Sunday. Geno, again, I think now the tape is out. The tape is out on Geno. The jig is up. He, he struggled reading the field last week. His decision-making was questionable. He just, frankly, was not good enough, not accurate enough. And you have the weapons. Like It's not like it's a talent problem for Geno. He has all the weapons to throw the ball, and to establish a run game. It's him. And so I don't believe Gino is going to replicate what he did in 2022. So in the sense of, is it for real what they did last year? I'm going to say no, it was a fluke. That is week one edition of Fluke or For Real. 
It was a good first week for Hickey's Pickies last week right here on CBS Sports Radio. A three and two week for yours truly, Aaron in Colorado Springs, two and three. So the streak is over, by the way. I have done Hickey's Pickies on a another on a different station earlier a few years ago. Um, my girlfriend is the first ever contestant on Hickey's Pickies. She went a perfect five and zero oh. last year. When we debuted Hickey's Pickies right here on CBS Sports Radio, Josh in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, was the first contestant. He went 5-0. and Aaron in Colorado, hey, 2-3, and three, still not bad. Listen, you didn't go on 5 That's honestly the goal here. You don't go on 5 That's that's a win. 2-3 and three to get us, uh, get us started here. As a reminder, Hickey's Pickies, this portion of the show, is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and one out. Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com, wesleyfinancialgroup.com. We got to the phone lines for week number two. I believe, I believe our first ever repeat contestant. Chris in Maryland, I believe, was a contestant last year, now back for year number two. What up, Chris? What up, sir? I had to call you. I didn't. I, I thought about Hickey's Pickies. I got on last year. I don't know how. I was called you about something else. I don't even recall. But anyway. Do you remember what your record state? was last year, Chris? Pardon me? Do you remember what your record was last yeah, year? Yeah, two and three. Two and, look probably, at you. Probably like week, I'm going to say week 10, maybe week nine of the NFL, maybe. Well, it doesn't matter. I don't even remember. Week seven. Oh, you remember? You have it? You I chart it all down every week. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Then I'm proud to be that. Um, let me congratulate you first. First of all, I think when you're one of the nicest and easy to listen to and entertaining guys who does the sports stuff, you're not too full of yourself and all that. But then you were over the top on the Texas-Alabama game <laughs> last week. Uh, you did. I think you did like three segments. You were just pushing it. And I said, man, I hope they win. Because I had Texas in that one. There we go, Chris. And I was happy for you. I was really happy for you. I'm happy for you, too. I think Dion's a breath of fresh air. bringing a lot of light and a lot of uh, eyes to college football. I know you're a big college guy. And I, I wanted that for you. I wish that good for you. I um, Do you know, what do you think his end game is going to be? Is he going to ever, do you think he's going to go to the pros or he's just going to climb the mountain in college? I think college, uh, he was on the Rich Eisen show today, Chris, and he was basically asked, would you go to the NFL? He said no. He he said he can't motivate um, players that are making $20, $30, 40000000 million. He would find it hard to do where college kids are still impressionable and still listen to him. I know it's easy to say now, right? He's two games into Colorado, and look, the NFL could be far away, so it's easy to say, no, of course I'm going to not go to the NFL and then do it at the end of this year and, and you know, in five years from now. I don't think he's correct. Like, I don't think he's an NFL coach in the sense that his style of motivation, I don't think would work in the NFL. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with everything. I think he's he's pretty accurate. Plus, I think he can do more positive in the college ranks. I think, though, how, when, how about this kid? The one, his one son, the quarterback's going to be, I think he's going to be, if he keeps up this good play, he's going to be Heisman. But when do they leave? Because I only think he's going to be at Colorado what? Two, three years. You, I know you said five, but I think he's going to go to. A, well, he was going. I think he's going to go to a school where 
that's got money, like Texas and USC are coming. They got the money, and, they, and they're going to be players. I think I agree with you. Alabama's a little going to be down, and it's going to be interesting. But he's given hope for, like, they're, I don't, they're just still going to have the perennials, like Texas, USC, the money teams. But the, it gives hope for the portal, gives hope for teams that might pop up. I think important thing to remember here, Chris, for Dion's future is at least in the neck in the immediate future. I think he'll be at Colorado for at least the next two to three years, in part because all the like he is right. He went to the transfer portal and brought in all his guys from from Jackson uh, Jackson State from otherwhere as well. The thing to remember is a lot of those guys use their one time transfer already. So if he was to leave, let's just say at end of this year and go to I don't know. Florida. Michigan, I heard Michigan State even. Michigan recently. State. You're right. They're they're probably going to be open because Mel Tucker's, I think, going to get fired. Um, let's just say you're right. Michigan State's open and Dion goes there. He can't bring anyone with him. Now, they use their transfer ready. Right. So his son is probably going to go to the NFL if Shador continues uh, his high-level play. Like he is so far. He's eligible to go to the draft. But like Travis Hunter, the tremendous two-way star that has not come off the field, he's only a true sophomore. And he transferred once. So he can't go where Dion goes. A lot of other guys as well, Dylan Edwards, who had a big game in week number one as well. He was someone who Dion coached in like youth football. He also tra- like the thing is he a lot of these guys he brought in they can't transfer again, so he would be leaving and a lot of guys. So I think he'll Dion. be there for a few years. Uh, I understand. And a couple other things quick about Dion: the sunglasses and the guy saying that. I mean, it's not formal. It's not a congressional hearing, a courtroom. I think that. One guy needs to lighten up a little bit. Yes. And it's just it's just bulletin board material, and he's playing it right. He's doing the right thing. It's no big deal. And um, so that I didn't give that much of anything. And But that also leads me, one, I have that on one of my picks. So I'm thinking about it, but that 24 points, do you think? I mean, they're heavily favored, but I don't think he'd run it up if they get ahead like that. I think I think that point spread is... What do you think? Let's got- actually, Chris, that leads perfectly. We have one college game on the slate here. Four NFL games for Hickey's Pickies, one okay, college game. Right. The one college game is Colorado State at Colorado, since that's obviously the one a lot of people are talking about this weekend. It's a brutal slate uh, before we get to the elite one next week. And wait till next week. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of good games. And anyway, I did think of you, and I wanted to say that about college football. That was the main reason. But I ended up on Hickey's Picky, so you're going down. That was nice. <laughs> I love it. All the pleasantries aside, let's get into battle, Chris. Okay, so you mentioned it. So Colorado right now, according to Caesars, 23.5-point favorites against Colorado State. You okay. said it's a lot of points, and you're not sure if Deion's going to run it up. You taking Colorado State here? I am not. I don't oh. think he'll run it up. I think if he, but I, I would like, um, yeah, I'm, I don't think he'll do that. I think, but he'll get up comfortable. I think that's how it'll play. So I'm going to have to say, yeah, give me Colorado's state in the points. I wouldn't touch it much. But Oh, so you're going to take Colorado State in the points? Uh, yeah, because I don't think Deion's going to. It's a tough one, man. Yeah, I am. It's a lot of points, over three touchdowns. I'm going to take the buffs. It's, I'll be honest, partly is because I've taken right now uh, Colorado's opponent two weeks in a row, and I'm right now 0 for 2. So, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. I'm joining them this week. I do think that Colorado right now, their offense is just unstoppable. Um, I don't think Colorado State's going to be able to slow them down. And even though it's 23 and a half points, big, big spread, I think they will. Uh, I don't think I'll but say maybe this. They'll pull his players you don't think Deion will run it up? I do. Oregon the following week, right? Yes, they do have Oregon the following week. I think hey, they won't be shy about scoring touchdowns. That so that's my pick anyway. All right. So you're taking Colorado State. I'll take Colorado. 
NFL, Chris, we got a good slate here. Okay. Chiefs at Jaguars. Chiefs road dog, uh, road favorites, I should say, three and a half point favorites. Now remember, they do get Chris Jones back and Travis Kelsey back as well. Taking the Chiefs on the road here, or going to take the Jags at home with the points. Well, you've done shades to a half point off the first game, and now a half point. I had Colorado twenty-four, and I have KC or I have uh, uh, what am I? Looking Chiefs. Yeah. Um, I'm also looking at Caesars. I'm not sure if you're looking at you know again different KC, sports book could be. Playing, or who's yeah? Who are they playing? The Jaguars. That's what I thought. You said I thought I had that. Um, um, and that's three and a half. Three and, um, and a half Chiefs are uh, favorite. Travis Kelsey, Dayton Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> and she doesn't go to the grocery store, by the way. I'm pretty certain about that. No, you are right. She probably gets her okay, so Anyway, I guess um, I didn't have that as one of mine. I passed on it, but I will take. Where's that game being played? I'll. I'll, I'll... I'll go first. You think about it. Game is in Jacksonville. I'll take the Chiefs. I think this is going to be a game where a lot of people are on the Jags. I will take the Chiefs looking to avoid an 0-2 start. With Kelsey back, obviously, I don't think the receivers are going to be dropping as many passes as they did. I'll take the Chiefs on the road, minus 3.5, to beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville. I'll I'll take Jacksonville in the 3.5. All right. Taking the Jags and the points at home. AFC North battle. Ravens at the Bengals. Bengals Three-point favorites. Who you got, Chris? Bengals. I am with you. Big bounce back here from Joe Burrow after that rain-soaked bad performance. Also, the bang, uh, the Ravens, I should say, excuse me, are super banged up, but I'm still not high on their offense. I'm with you. Big bounce back spot here for Cincy. They win. They cover the three-point spread. Seahawks at the Lions. Lions coming home now after winning that big one in KC last week. They are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Chris, I'm taking the Lions. I think they are for real. Their offense is going to be putting up points. I think they get in sync this week. Unlike last week, I do not trust Geno Smith whatsoever to keep up. I'll take Detroit minus four-and-a-half at home. I agree the Lions are better, but there's one thing I know. Before, before the season starts, the, the Lions and Bills and Vikings aren't going to win a Super Bowl. Well, <laughs> But anyway, um, I will... I, and um, I, I thought Seattle was better. And I think the Rams, I don't think it was that Geno was so bad. I think the Rams were, Matthew Stafford's feeling better. Aaron Donald's playing better. And I think the Rams were a little better. But, so I don't think Seattle's that bad. And, and their defense would be better. So I'd take Seattle. And those. Seattle in a bounce-back spot on the road. All right. Finally, let's go back to the AFC North, Chris. Monday night game, Browns coming off the nice, off the throttling, really, of Cincinnati at the Steelers, where the Steelers got throttled at home themselves, mm. Browns two and a half point road favorites. Wow, and I'm I am advocating for the Browns to make a lot of noise this year, and but in this case, I don't like them being road favorites. Pittsburgh was got smoked. I'll take the loving Steelers. Wow, I'm gonna go the Browns. I'm with you. I'm high on Cleveland. I think Deshaun Watson has. I thought he, honestly, for all things considered, I thought he played fine last week. I know the weather had something to do with it, and, and the stats didn't look right. Uh, defense just put Joe Burrow in the blender. Hey, uh, and didn't that, let him and out. I had a comment on if the case we tie it. Well, I don't care. Whatever you want to do with this. But I like uh, Florida plus the points. I had, um, I did like, um, you said something about, oh, this is for you. I'll take, it, I'll take Illinois in the, at 14. Come on. 
Chris, what are you doing? What are you putting that bad juju out there for? That's not bad juju. I'm on the other side. That's for you to stick out. No, see, you're so nice. You don't want to. And that's why Dion, you're, you're being nice. I, that's okay. I'm not trying to juju you. I'm really All right. All right. Well, I, I hope you're wrong. I, I hope you're wrong with your picks, and I hope you're wrong, especially with, with Illinois okay, covering well, the 14 points. thank you for your points. time. And then can I yell about one thing about baseball, or something about baseball, happening in baseball? The Orioles are playing the Rays. Big four-game series. Now they're tied. It was on Fox National TV on Thursday night. I don't. I, was that on your TV last? last uh, not this, tonight, but the night before. Yesterday, uh, FS1, I believe. Wow, we got it on regular Fox here. But then tonight, we got the lo- the local regional mass and sports net. They get every game, but it was Apple had bought the game, and that, and I didn't even get to see it because Apple. It was only on Apple, and that had couldn't happen scheduled at the start of the season. So I don't know how that happened, and I don't know who did it and why it happened, but that was pretty crappy. So Chris, like, thank you for letting me vent. Of course, man. I'm glad you got it. All. Good luck. The, you as well. Good luck for some of your picks. Not all of them. Not all of them. That's for sure. Especially not Illinois. Plus 14. Um, um, look, streaming services, I've had... I hate them, to be honest with you. I hate it. I have to search different uh, platforms for different games. I really hope this is... People say streaming is a feature. I still i am not sold on that. Um, I don't think, again, spreading it out and having um, all these games in hard-to-find locations is beneficial for the growth of the sport. Um, so I'm still skeptical of, on if streaming services are the future. But yes, Apple TV did have um, a good one in, in Rays Orioles. I apologize you weren't able to see it tonight. It was, I mean, Orioles fan, they got smoked, so I guess you didn't miss much. But in that sense, frustrating. Still can't watch your team in the dead heat of a tight division race. Hopefully, if you are out on the town tonight, you had a good time, enjoyed. If you drank, drank responsibly, of course. Definitely, please do not drive. Especially if you don't want to drink responsibly, which, look, hey. If you want to have a good time and you get home safely, all you got to say is sorry for partying. That's the excuse that I think works every single time. That is for sure. Um, I think, Alex, I have found the weirdest arrest maybe ever. Uh-oh. An Alabama band director was arrested after a high school football game on Thursday night because he refused to tell the student band to stop playing after the game. Huh? That's right. I was not kidding. This might be the, the weirdest arrest I have ever read. In Alabama... But did they get like a there was there like a noise complaint or something? It must have been there. He was the the band director was charged with disorderly conduct, harassment, and resisting arrest. But after the game, the team was on the road at a, at another team's venue. Um, kept playing, I guess their school fight song or whatever. Uh, after the game, the the police it seems like are trying to clear everyone out. You know, go home, game's over. Let's you know get out of here. I don't know if it's in a residential area. I don't know if it's just a high school field. It's Middle of nowhere, so no one's around. But, hey, game's over. Let's go home. I don't know why the band director's still telling the kids, let's keep playing. It, at least in the article, they seem like it's, like, well after the game. Not like, all oh, hit zeros, teams to walk out the field. They're at least making it seem like it's, like, the kids are on the, like, the players on the bus going home already. And it's, like, a half hour after the game, they're still playing. But the band director said, keep playing. Cops said, okay, we're going to arrest you. I, that, that's insane. Yeah, it's insane for an arrest. Maybe I get it for like 
maybe like the because it was at the other team's like home stadium. stadium. Okay, yeah. <laughs> maybe they were just annoyed that they would they lose. I'm guessing they did they, lose. Yes, the, that, the that's minor high school uh, is the one in Alabama. They won. They're they're sore losers then. But at the same time, he was rubbing it in their face. But I guess what like from my perspective, like obviously we're not there, but like why would you keep playing? Right. Yeah. The cops say, "Hey, wrap it up. Let's go home." Like, okay, like they're high school kids. I'm <laughs> sure they like, have school on Friday. Like conducting. He's just standing up there, right, with, with the wand. I'm not. One. I'm not. I'm not stopping. Trumpets. Three, two, one, go! Boom! And they're just. I, I don't know. Yeah. But these kids. And now I, I guess after the arrest, maybe the, the kids. I'm assuming went home after that. But there you go. I was not kidding. There you go. One of the weirdest arrest records I've ever seen. Playing, directing the student band. To play too long after a high school football game. That's that's a new one. That is a new police record. That is for sure. Holy cow. Holy cow. All right. It is Hick and Night with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. If you are listening and miss any part of the show, I got great news. Check out our podcast page, Hick at Night. Night spelled N-I-T-E. Get caught up in everything. Every single hour, every single minute, every single second. Of this show is in podcast form at your listening convenience immediately after the show. So you can catch up right away, catch up on Monday, catch up whenever you would like to at your convenience. And also, if you are a subscriber, please, please do. Also, you get a little bonus content as well. Each and every week, I'll drop separate from the show that's uploaded. Hicks, five-minute picks. Five-minute college football picks. Uh, each and every week. This week, if you haven't checked it out, the slate's pretty weak, I'll be honest. So I gave you the picks against the spread, but also gave you a reason to watch each and every game. So if you have a honey-do list for this weekend, if your kids got you know stuff going on and you just want to veg out on the couch for a few hours watch college football, take a listen, and I'll give you an excuse each time slot, right, after uh, noon, 3.30, night, I'll give you an excuse as to why you could tell your friends, your family, I need to watch this game. I need to watch Tennessee, Florida. I have to watch, even though the spread is 33 points, Alabama, South Florida. Here is why I got you covered. Hick and I podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E. Okay. Obviously, the New York Jets are without Aaron Rodgers the rest of the season. My solution is simple. Kirk Cousins. Trade for Kirk. They got The Jets, that is, helped out big time by a a loss on Thursday night by Minnesota. So now they're 0-2. The trade to me is obvious from the Jets' perspective, right? But it does take two to tango. So the pushback I've been getting is, well, why would Minnesota want to trade Kirk Cousins? Right? They just won the division last year. They won 13 games at a home playoff game. Why would they want to trade the quarterback that got them there? The answer is very simple. They don't love Kirk. They would trade Kirk Cousins because they don't love him. They're looking to upgrade. They haven't looked to upgrade. They want to upgrade. And how I know that is how they have treated Kirk's contract situation. If you think about it, if you had a quarterback you believed in, if you had a guy you liked, wouldn't you sign him to a long-term deal? Have some sort of security, both for him financially, but also you to make sure, hey, we're not going to lose our guy and lose out on a top 10 quarterback that can get us to the playoffs? You would think the answer is yes. 
That's not though what Minnesota has done. Let me read you really fast here. Kirk has gotten three contracts uh, in his time in Minnesota. Let me just read you quickly the length. The length of each contract. First year he gets to Minnesota, three-year deal. Covered 2018, 2019, 2020. Okay, first-year deal, three-year deal, fully guaranteed. Okay, get to the playoffs one time. Win a playoff game in that three-game stretch. Second contract after that, two years. Little two-year extension. So cover 2021, 2022. Now he's on the final year of what was a one-year extension on the last contract. So they just added and tacked on a year so he'd not be a lame duck last year. Instead, now he's a lame duck quarterback this year. If you loved your quarterback, if you believed in your quarterback, if you wanted said quarterback to be around for a long time, you would not be signing him to three, two, and one-year deals. You'd be locking him up five, six, even four-year deals to make sure they're going nowhere. They are a part of your team, and you don't have to worry about losing a valued member of your squad anytime soon. That is not what the Vikings done, have done. The total opposite, actually. They have said, you know what? This upcoming offseason, there's not a lot of upgrades for us. Let's just nail down Kirk for another year, and let's just kick the can down the road one year from now, or maybe if a quarterback springs loose, if we like someone in the draft, we can go get him. Then we have quarterback flexibility. That's what the Vikings have prioritized. Quarterback flexibility with Kirk. So if you're in Minnesota, just trade him now. Your season, I think, is going to be over. It's already, you're already 0-2. And get draft capital from the Jets so you can use either to trade for a quarterback this offseason or move up in the draft in what is a very, very deep quarterback draft and get someone you love to now pair and hopefully lead your franchise to the first ever Super Bowl. That's your Minnesota's plan. It makes sense on both sides why getting draft capital allows you to to really get your answer. And also now that you're 0-2, maybe the season, well, no, definitely right now the season is not looking good whatsoever. All right, really fast here, 855-212-4227. Dre, calling from Fort Worth. What's up, Dre? Hey, what's up? Picky, I got to tell you something. I heard what you said about my Jaguars. Let me tell you, my Jaguars will win the ball game. Can we get a guarantee? Can Can we get a Charles Barkley guarantee? I guarantee it. And my Gators will beat Tennessee. Come on, Dre. Look, the Jaguars game, absolutely acceptable. And that is fair. I think the Chiefs going to win, but that's good. That, was a, a, that should be a very good game. Florida, but, uh, come on, man. But a lot of people don't really think, you know, come and say this. People don't really give my uh, Jaguars a chance, man. You know, last year, both games, we were very close. No, I'm not saying. No, I want to hear quickly, Dre. I'm not talking about the Jags. I want to hear about Florida. 10, 15 seconds. Why is Florida winning later tonight? Well, I believe we're going to win because Tennessee, I believe they're overlooking us because, you know, we we started off slow. We had a slow start against. They're going to overlook a team, Dre, is- that they haven't won in that uh, um, home stadium in two thousand in twenty years. Hey, remember Kentucky hadn't beat us in forever, but they beat us finally. That's true. We got to run here, Dre. We'll do some Deion Sanders. What will make you a believer? We do return. It's Ryan Key with you right here on CBS Sports Radio.